Audio Hop Podcasts. This is the Whiskey Advisor Show. On this show, we sample some fine whiskies, share interesting tales and trivia, and answer your most important questions about whiskey. And now, here's your host, the Whiskey Advisor, Uday Balaji. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Whiskey Advisor show. So far, we've been to every major region of Scotland except one. I'm here with the Whiskey Rook Piyush and I hope he can tell us the name of the region. Piyush? Hi Uday. Uh let's see if my records are correct then the one region that we haven't seen is the Lowlands. Absolutely right. So the Lowlands are uh, you know they historically been farmland. and uh, very flat plains and normally in places like this you find the most people so this is the most heavily populated part of scotland mm-hmm. and not surprisingly its two biggest cities are in the lowlands uh, so one of the cities is edinburgh mm-hmm. i'm sure you've all heard about it yeah and we repeatedly talked about glasgow yeah so um, so each of these two cities has its own iconic distillery Mm-hmm. Glasgow has Auchentoshan mm-hmm. and Edinburgh has Glenkinchy. Okay. At its peak, the Lowlands had over 20 distilleries until it kind of dwindled down to just these two and also one more even further south called Bladnock. So now there are a whole bunch of new distilleries opening with this current whiskey boom going on. I actually went to one which is literally in the heart of Glasgow called Clydeside. Mm-hmm. very pretty distillery okay i actually got a little bit of the new make and came back uh, from my trip okay. still haven't cracked open that bottle but very interesting distillery pretty in the middle of city and uh, the nice thing is you don't have to like you know drive too far mm-hmm. uh, the distillery is right there and at clyde side you can taste a whole lot of other whiskies from around scotland okay having talked about access So Glenkinchy is only about 15 miles from uh, the Edinburgh city center. And in fact, for all you tourists out there who might be going to Edinburgh, you can actually catch a Diageo bus that takes you from the city to the distillery for the tours. Oh wow. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. So the which one are we going to explore today? But for today, we're going to be exploring Glenkinchy. Uday, don't you think the name has a very spacey ring to it? Like Glen uh well that's probably because you're quite familiar with you know glenfiddich and glenlivet right but not all distilleries with a name are from space side ah okay remember glenmorangie yeah. from the highlands yeah. yeah yeah but talking about the name uh so the kinchy part of it comes from the kinchy burn that runs through the property so burn in scotland is basically a waterway Okay so it could be a creek it could be a river it's just a broad uh, term for these so in 1825 actually this had a different name this is when it was uh, first established and it was called the Milton distillery mm-hmm. so later on it got its name Kinchy which is kind of uh, i don't know maybe an anglicization you could say mm-hmm. of uh, de quincy who were the original owners of that particular land mm-hmm. So again like most distilleries this was set up by two brothers John and George Reid in 1825 like i said but by 1853 these guys were bankrupt 
I mean, that's such a pity. Yeah, but you know, it's a story with a lot of these distilleries. They all have their ups and downs, you know. Not all of them are run by the William Grants. So, but to be fair, that's not the worst of it. Not only was it shut down, it ended up being used as a sawmill. Sawmill? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, there's this belief that if a Highland distillery goes under, there'll be someone who'll take it over. But if a Lowland distillery goes under, it'll get converted into something like a supermarket or an apartment block. (laughs) Okay. At least that's what I've read. Um, But on to more happy things. Uh, In 1881, there was a gentleman by the name of Major James Gray who reopened the distillery and whiskey production came back online. And, you know, again, it had some ups and downs. But eventually, like quite a few distilleries that we've looked at, in 1925, it became a part of DCL, which we all know is Diageo. Yeah. So do you remember we spoke about the classic malls that Diageo started? Yes. Is, I mean, uh, was this one of them? It was. It was one of the first six classic malls. In recent years, there have been a lot more that have been added. Like I said, Diageo owns 28 distilleries and they want to come out with more and more bottlings of these for people to enjoy. So, but Lentkinchi has become quite popular because of this marketing clout that Diageo has. And being part of their classic malls, it's there in quite a few markets all across the world. If you look closely when you go to the liquor store next time, you'll find at least one or two of these classic malls on the shelves. Just so you can check this out on your next visit, folks, I'll say the names again. Cragenmore, Glenkinchy, Oban, Talisker, Dalvini, and Lagavulin. Let me know if you find them. But now, I guess it's Glenkinchy's moment to shine. Shall we get into the tasting, Oday? Absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. But before we go ahead, here's a word from our partner. Enjoying this podcast? You can also catch this and 200 plus such podcasts on Karva 2.0 with BBC India, Film Companion, Open Mic Poetry, Sadhguru Isha Foundation, Indian classical renditions by the greatest maestros, stories, rhymes and GK for your kids. Oh, and did we mention the 5,000 preloaded songs and 100 plus unique playlists every day? To know more, go to www.saregama.com now. And we're back. Let's continue. Could you do the honors, Piyush? Sometimes, you know, when Piyush is doing these pours, he seems to be giving me 10 ml, but he seems to have like one little bucket of whiskey, particularly (laughs) this time. So what I've been doing lately is as soon as he pours, I take his glass and then give him my glass. That's what I'm going to do now again. Here you go. Okay. Slanja. All right. Let's get down to business. What color is this? I see old gold. I think it's again like about deep gold, you know, amber to deep gold. Okay. Let's look at the texture. I think it's fairly obvious that those legs are coming down pretty quickly, huh? Yeah. So Uday, I guess it's got a light texture. It's coming down pretty fast. That's right. Quite watery. Yeah. Let's get to the nose. Mm-hmm. Um. Uday, I'm getting uh, a kind of chocolate sweet 
నోట్స్ సమ్ సిట్రస్ ఫ్రూటీ నోట్స్ సంథింగ్ లైక్ అన్ ఆరెంజ్ పీల్ యునో హింట్స్ ఆఫ్ ప్లమ్స్ దాట్స్ అబౌట్ ఇట్ విట్ యూ గెట్ అ లైట్ స్మోక్ యా నా ఐమ్ గెటింగ్ ఇట్ యునో a lot of the whiskies out there do have some amount of peat in their malt because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be only a Laphroaig or a Talisker or an Ardbeg. A lot of malts have that little mild peating to maintain the character that they've had over time. You need to keep in mind that a lot of these distilleries used to peat their malt. They just don't do it anymore in-house. Let's get on to the palate. Mm-hmm. Are you getting that little bit of smoke now? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Surpri- What else are you getting? Surprisingly, I'm getting chocolate. There's definitely a little bit of that chocolate. I think it's also that smoke that's kind of, you know, that smoke and malt. Yeah. In the- I'm getting characteristics of wood, you know, okay. sweet wood, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> How about the mouthfeel? Uh, it was medium. Mm-hmm. Light to medium. Finish? Finish. So, finish was kind of medium for me again. Okay. Medium to long, you okay. can say. A little bit of smoke again on the finish? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So, for me, on the nose, you know, it is quite aromatic. But for me, every time that I have this whiskey, I get that mild smoke and malt. Ah, okay. Which uh, I think is very nice because Lone and Whiskies are always said to be these very light, grassy, you know, boring whiskies. But I kind of enjoy drinking Lenkinji. It's one of those easy drinking whiskies that you, you know, mm-hmm. you can have any day, come back after work or whatever, you're just sitting at home, you want to relax and have it. But uh, getting back to the nose, aromatic, little bit of that mild smoke. little grassy there's that lowland character uh some lemon vanilla but definitely quite malty malt smoke um on the palate sweet again that mild smoke maltiness a little bit of spice uh, and kind of lemon candy you know ah uh, uh, yeah those hard yeah. candies i was getting that orangish yeah. hmm. kind of again it's a little more zesty yeah uh, and uh, possibly a little bit of nutmeg okay so that's one thing to be said you know when i started off tasting whiskey i was like what is you know i don't really pick up all this nutmeg and all this that people are talking about but what i try to keep doing is um kind of just trying new spices looking for new aromas keep going to markets that kind of thing particularly with the floral um, notes that's quite a challenge because you always think flowers you don't think about what type of flowers mm-hmm. like i was saying in one of the previous episodes what type of honey mm-hmm. uh depending on how interested you are in, in in expanding your palate just keep exposing yourself to new things it's a conscious decision you know when you go out um and you always eat the same thing or buy the same thing why not try something new just to expand your palate expand your sensory abilities but uh, coming back to the mouthfeel said it's about medium finish about medium to long to slightly bitter the little bit of smoke still there yeah mm-hmm. uh, but in flavor camp so i definitely put this in the fragrant and floral uh, flavor camp okay 
So there's uh, really not much of a whiskey range here, folks. It's just the Glenkinchy 12. And uh, as always with the Diageo Classic Malts, there's a distillery edition. Um, I'm not even sure if I've come across many independent bottlings of this. I mean, to think of it, I should look out for some, see if there's some other bottlings that have different characters that uh, Glenn Kinchy has to offer. Okay. I guess that was short for a change. Doesn't get shorter than this, right? <laughs> yeah. So shall we uh, segue into the Q&A section? Yeah, let's do that. So the first question is from the Barrel Story. And his question is, what's the most exciting cask in a cask finish whiskey in your opinion? Well, there are so many different, uh, you know, cask finishes and maturations these days that it's uh, quite a sea out there. Uh, but just to step away from, you know, the wine cask finishes, which is the most predominant, uh, one of the most fascinating ones that I've come across is Mizunara, which is Japanese oak. Uh, it's very, very unique in the sense that, you know, it's got that kind of sandalwoody, um, incense kind of character. So when you have Mizunara matured whiskies, at least for me quite often, I think, you know, there's that it's a peated, even though it's unpeated, uh, just because of that incense character. I'd highly recommend uh, looking out for that. The next question, and a very interesting one, is from Pushpendra Singh Jala, also known as Whiskey Whiskey Lovers on Instagram. And his question is, which blended scotch has more than 50% Isla malt? Um, as far as blended scotches go, it's very, very hard to find out, uh, you know, what proportion of different components are there in it. This is for the simple reason that it'll keep changing because they need to uh, maintain a certain flavor profile. But if you, uh, uh, if you want to know about blended malts, that have uh, more than 50% Isla malt, you can look at ones like Elements of Isla or Big Peat or uh, Wemis Peat Chimney. Those are all great options. And the next question is from uh, Vikram Jagdish and his question is, what's the best way to store whiskies that have corks, horizontal or vertical? Simple answer, it's vertical. Because of the higher ABV in whiskey, unlike wine, the cork will start degrading and taint your whiskey. And like I've said before, guys, uh, keep your whiskey away from direct sunlight as well. And if uh, there's quite a good amount of air in the bottle, meaning you've drunk that much, it's going to start oxidizing. So either finish the bottle quickly or decant to a smaller one if possible. Yeah. And the last question, again, finishing on a lighter note, is from uh, Balakrishnan Subramanian, the well-known bartender. And his question is, uh, what is your go-to drink when you started drinking? Ah, so this is where the sophistication falls off a little bit, right? Uh, so, you know, like most college kids, I uh, started off with the very cheap stuff with uh, mixers. So it used to be like, you know, uh, vodka and Sprite or vodka and orange juice or, uh, um, you know, rum and Coke. And like most uh, college kids, it was Old Monk and for me, a Ramana vodka when I was not uh, drinking Kingfisher, yeah. So with that, we've been to every whiskey region of Scotland, folks. We're certainly not done, though. Lots more whiskies to come. And uh, next week, we're off to another Scottish island, the island of Jura. In the meantime, please send in your questions and comments via email, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll answer as many as we can. All our handles are at the end of the show. Till then, drink well 
and think responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to learn more about whiskey and Uday's work, visit thewhiskeyadvisor.com. You can send in your questions to us on uday at thewhiskeyadvisor.com or Instagram or Facebook at thewhiskeyadvisor. That's whiskey without the e. The show was brought to you by Audio Hop Podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Audio Hop Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep your spirits up and drink responsibly.